Hello, everyone. It's another episode of Nat is Fascinated with yours truly, Nat. Uh, the podcast about me talking to the incredible people in my life, and I got a lot of them, and I'm very, very blessed about that. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, please do so at the Nat is Fascinated uh, Instagram page. Uh, just a friendly reminder that I am trying to be a weekly podcast, but sometimes that doesn't happen. So please be patient with me. Please be kind. You can also uh, rate Matt uh, is Fascinated at the uh, Apple Podcast. So I would love it if you gave me a good rating. I really would appreciate it. Now, today's guest, I have actually multiple guests today. I have Linda. Say hello. Hello. And I have her fur family. I got four out of three. Out of, three out of the four fur family members right now are trying to stay nice and calm. But who do we have, Linda? We have Doug. Doug. We have Sparky, and we have Bella hanging out with us. And Willow is in the other room, being quiet. Being quiet. Yes. Perfect. Now, Linda, why don't you tell the listeners exactly how this interview came together because it was kind of written in the cards it was it was I was trying to figure out what to do with my life and one day I remembered thinking that it would be really fun if I did a podcast and it hasn't manifested in in terms of me being able to pull that together I'm doing some other things with the fur family but I put something out into the universe and the next thing I knew, I got an email or a Facebook message from you Mm -hmm. out of the blue, randomly asking if I would be interested in doing one of your podcasts. And it was just so funny because it really is the law of attraction. I put it out there into the universe and the next thing I know, you showed up and here we are. Now, wasn't there something like you did a card where it said collaboration or like that word came into your mind? Yeah, I was trying to remember when you when you asked me the question, I knew that um, there was there was something specific, but I was actually like, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was because that was like a month ago. Yeah. And I can like barely remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. So Ditto. It, you <laughs> but it was it was it was it was in context with something else that I was doing that there's a person that's been helping me with. The photo, uh, photo editing and, and photo or videography and, and whatnot with the dogs. And I said that I did better when I was a collaborative person. It's not that I don't do things on my own or, or work well on my own or creative on my own, but I really prefer to collaborate with people. Mm-hmm. And you and me hit it off really well when we first met yep. several years ago. And we've, we've had so many fun conversations. And it was just great to hear from you and, and be able to, to share this and, and help you and... I'm so grateful that we are here. So let's, you know, we have so much to talk about. So let's start at this top. As always, we ask, Linda, where are you from? I was born on Long Island, New York. Oh. I was born in New York. And I <laughs> talk like I'm from New York when I want to. Yeah. But I moved out here in uh, 1974. My mother and stepfather decided that it would be fun to live in Arizona. <laughs> so... We came out here, and I've been here ever since. I really love it. I went to Shadow Mountain High. Yeah. And I was on the speech team and the drama team and did a lot of theater when I was younger. And so that's how I ended up out in Arizona. Big family, small family? Small family. And yeah, small family. Yeah. And uh, what, where are your people from? Are you... Italian. Heritage mm-hmm. is Italian. Yes. 
Yes, you so are. My father uh, was Sicilian, uh-huh. and my mother, I think, was Nabiladon and Romano. She was from Naples and Rome. We're not oh, completely wow. sure because her mother was adopted. Okay. And so when my uh, aunt did some research, we think that she might have actually been Greek. Oh. I think. And so the, the speculation was that her, um, her she was um, on holiday. She was traveling with her family in Italy, and there something happened to them. And then she ended up orphaned in Italy. Oh, wow. So, But I don't know that whole story. That was just um, something that my mother passed down that my aunt did some research on. And my aunt is no longer here. Uh. So I don't know what that is. So I don't know. I've thought about getting on looking things up but the thing is my name is spelled so strangely oh and I don't know if I'll even be able to find my family because I don't know what the correct spelling of our name was so in my father's side of the family um there were multiple spellings on multiple birth certificates (laughs) so you know I don't know one of these days maybe I'll I'll decide that it's a good idea to look into it it would be fun but I do know that my my whole heritage is Italian so Or, or Greek have you been to Italy or Greece? No, I have not. That's one of my bucket list things. I yeah. really, really want to go to Italy. Uh, uh, I hope you do, because I hear it's beautiful. I've yet to go. I know. I think it'll be fun. I used to joke um, that I would have to go like on a diet and not eat, because I would probably just eat my way through Italy. Heck yeah. And now it's even weirder, because I've been doing keto for the last couple of years. So I don't know, you know, how it would be to go to Italy and not eat pizza or pasta. Oh, because I don't eat pizza or pasta anymore. I think I think you would, I would like forego the diet if you're there. Well, it's not the diet; it's yeah. that I don't feel good when I eat oh, the are you, carbs. Are it's you, just I'm not I'm not celiac. No, but I okay. but I've learned over the course of the last couple of years that eating more fats and and proteins and less carbs, I have more energy. I actually feel better. That. Things that um, I used to have inflammation mm-hmm. in joints and things like that, um, I don't. Hmm. And I so I've cut out, uh, they don't probably use all the bad oils anyway. I don't eat canola oil or sunflower oil or safflower oil anymore. I only mm-hmm. eat avocado, coconut, and olive oil now. Oh, nice. So um, it's, it's, yeah, it's not so much that, um, that I would, you know, have an allergic reaction or anything like that, but I just haven't done that in so long. I don't know if I would feel cruddy. Yeah, I did not know that. But I do know that there is a lot of seafood and a lot of bistecca. There's a lot of steak in Italy. <laughs> so I'd be fine with the, you know, the, the meats. I mean, I think it's a misconception. Italy is, is many different regions. Yep. So we think of Italian as you know, spaghetti and lasagna and you know, yeah. gnocchi and things like that. There's... there's all along the coastal regions, it's all about the fresh seafood and uh, yeah. then inside, you know, in inland there's um, all of the cheeses and the, the 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 cattle. Are you good with dairy, by the way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's that. just gluten gluten. It's carbs. Carbs, in particular. So gluten, the the again, gluten means like rice doesn't have gluten. Okay. But rice is all carbs. Oh, but and rice doesn't make you feel good. Yeah, all of the, the, the carbs turn into sugar. Gotcha. So regardless of what the carb is, whether it's a rice carb, a potato carb, whatever these starchy things are, corn, mm-hmm. all of those things start out as, as what, you know, what we think of as carbs, but they, in your body, turn into sugar. 
And so the other thing that I don't eat really anymore is, is sugar. And I'm not a diabetic. I've never been a diabetic. I'm right. not a pre-diabetic. But sugar, processed sugar, yeah. and all sugars basically, even um, honey and even, um, what's the other natural? Agave. Agave. agave all of those things. Yeah. They, they, it's still sugar and causes inflammation. In the body. <laughs> so while it's healthy, and there are so many things that are like, I think slight misconceptions about food that's healthy. I had an argument with somebody uh, in the store one time because I was getting a salad out of the, the case. And I said, please, you know, try to do it without the tomatoes because tomatoes was causing inflammation oh. in, in my hands. And she was like, oh, well, tomatoes are good for you. And I'm like, not if they're not. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, strawberries are good for you unless you're allergic to them and your face swells. Right. Then it's not. Right. You know? It might, you might have, uh, ever heard like things in the nightshade family? Yeah. Okay, so that's tomatoes, eggplants, potatoes. I don't know what else, but you may have an intolerance to the nightshade family too. You know, I did a, I did a blood test years ago and some people think it's crazy. They, they tested for different things that, um, that I had... Uh, not allergies to, but a reaction to. Mm -hmm. And strangely enough, tomatoes were one, eggplant was not. So it wasn't like in the whole family. Oh, nightshade. And I, and I, so for me, a few years back, a a former client of mine had been on keto. Yep. And he swore by how much better he felt and how much clearer his brain was and all this stuff. And he asked me, he said, just try it for 30 days. And I said, you know, pretty much I can do anything for 30 days. It's yep. not like, you know, horrible thing. And I like food, period. Yeah, I like food. Me too. <laughs> so it wasn't hard to, even when I did, when I did the blood test and there were certain foods that were, that they suggested that I cut out. And I guess where I'm going with this in a little bit of a circle is that when I first did the blood test and there was 21 different foods that I tested reactive to. Mm-hmm. So the, my naturopath at the time suggested that I literally cut all of those foods out of my diet for again, I think it was 30 days. Yeah. 30 or 60, it might've been 60 days. And then start introducing them one at a time. So you can do that by that blood test or you can do it in the reverse. If you think that something might be bothering you, for example, just don't eat soda, don't eat sugar for a length of time. Just cut that out of your diet. See how you feel. Or cut out carbs. Or, or way down, like under 20 or 30 grams of carbs a day, yeah. right? So see how you feel. If you cut out a food and then you wait a few days to see how you feel, it's it's surprising what you find out. Yeah. It was kind of, this was an extreme. I cut out garlic and I cut out um, tomatoes and pineapple and soy. There was a whole bunch of things that I cut out. Most of them were easy. Mm-hmm. Eggs was on the list. Well, I like eggs to some degree, but I don't love eggs. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. If I don't eat eggs, I don't eat eggs. Yeah, the problem is, is that they're in everything. Yes. They're in everything. So I was like, well, I won't eat, you know, I could, mayonnaise has eggs in it. Well, I won't eat egg. I'll eat the non, okay, well, that's got soy in it. Well, I'm not supposed to. So it was harder to find because when you start reading labels, you start realizing that How much? there's stuff in everything. So... That's why I still, to this day, I eat tomatoes, sometimes raw, but not the cooked ones as much. Yep. Because they, when I wake up in the morning, I have inflammation. Mm. And I don't have arthritis. Nope. But what we don't realize is that 
there are things that we eat as well as stress that causes chronic inflammation. And for me, I use the analogy, the frog in the boiling water. When, when there's, an, there's an old analogy that if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it's going to jump out because it's hot and it jumps out. But if you put a frog in a pot of room temperature water and then you crank up the heat, it adjusts. And then you turn up the heat again and it adjusts. And eventually the frog dies. The frog boils to death and dies because it doesn't realize that it's, the heat has been turned up. So we, we keep adjusting our lives to things. And I didn't realize that things made me feel like shit until I stopped eating them. And then when I stopped feeling like shit, I was like, oh, Oh. crud. I didn't realize that for so long I felt like shit. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) and it's. I mean, I have a friend who's a diabetic, and I finally convinced him. Please cut down your carbs. Please, please. please." He's lost fourteen pounds. His blood sugars have come down. Yep. His A one C has come down. He feels better. He's not depressed and crying. There's so many things that we put in our bodies that we don't think about that cause chronic inflammation, which is what ends up causing diseases. Yep. And I eat that way my whole life. It's only been the last two or three years that I've eaten cleaner and I do cleaner keto. I don't do, I don't do processed foods. Mm-hmm. I want, you won't find really packages of anything in my house. Right. If you find something in a can, it's going to be coconut milk or, um, or artichoke hearts or something like that. I mean, I don't eat processed foods. Right. When, when COVID happened, um, last year I was in Costco and I remember seeing a man with a, shopping cart full of cereal and pasta. And I remember I hear hearing him say to his wife, do they have any canned meat? Yeah. And I was like, all right. And I walked over to the vegetable counter and I got my zucchini and I got my, you know, now it's like chicken is $5 a pound. But yeah. back then I'm thinking to myself, you guys eat all that, you know, Cheerios and packaged processed food. I'm going for the, you know, for yeah. the meat counter. I'm doing my salmon and I'm doing my vegetables and yep. I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> and and I just, I eat healthier than I used to. Good. And I feel better because of it. But I just, it's not as hard for me. I hear people say, oh, I couldn't stay on keto. I'm like, why? Unless you don't like the foods. I love butter. I love bacon. I like steak. I like eggs. I like cheese. Yeah. I like fish. Veggies. Veggies. So do I not eat bread anymore? No. I went to a wedding on Friday mm-hmm. and they brought a roll to the thing. And I said, you know, no, thank you. And the friend next to me doesn't do gluten. Right. So I said, you know, let me have a little piece of your roll. And I did. I put a lot of butter on it and I ate it. And I, it's the same thing it's, it's been for the last year. It leaves a funky taste in my mouth. I don't miss it. It's like, eh, eh, I'm good. I'm good. Hey. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, what, is, what was your very first job ever? Oh, Ever, ever, ever. Yeah, very first job ever, ever was working for my mother. <laughs> when I was a little girl in Long Island, my mother owned a bridal store. Oh, neat. And so I grew up around the bridal business. And when I was like eight, nine years old, we used to go into the city and go into the garment district. And I would help my mom shop for wedding dresses. And when we moved to Arizona, yeah. my mother opened up a bridal store here. So I worked in her bridal store. I worked retail, my first job ever. So you dealt with bridezillas? Um, you know, not 
really. Okay. Um, I don't remember it that way. It was just, I just always was helping people try on wedding dresses and, mm-hmm. and stuff. So I'd, the only time anybody turned into a bridezilla was when their dresses didn't come, when they were like late. Okay. And then I was always the intermediary because my mother would get mad and they would yell at her and then I was the peacemaker. <laughs> kind of my role in life, I was always the peacemaker. The peacemaker. Yeah, I was the peacemaker. I would call the manufacturers. My mother would call them screaming. Then I would call and apologize. And then we would get the dresses in a couple of days. So it was like... <laughs> But yeah, no. But, but I, I did. I grew up around. Um, I grew up around weddings and um, hated it. So my own company, my event planning company, Canto Event Management, our company motto is we don't do weddings. <laughs> so that's what you do now. So the, the second part of the question is like it's always the first part is what what did, was your first job. So now today, what is your career? It's my I own an event planning company. I own an event uh, production design company called Canto Event Management. And how long have you been doing it? Canto will be, or was just, we just turned 16. You just turned 16. Canto's, yeah, our 16th anniversary was uh, September. Okay. And I, st- yeah, I left, I, st- I spent a lot of time in retail. Okay. After my mother's business closed, all I knew was retail. So I stayed in retail and I hated it every day of my life. Hated it, hated it, hated it. And I used to eat um, sushi all the time at a restaurant over in Paradise Valley. And there was a bunch of us that were regulars. And one day I was talking to Lori and I said, I hate my job. I hate retail, but I don't know anything else. Right. And she looked at me profoundly and, duh, said, well, if you can sell, you can sell anything. And I went, oh, I never thought about that. Never thought about that. Light bulb. Never thought about that. So I segued, I bounced through some other sales positions. I sold fax machines when people didn't know what a fax machine was. (laughs) Um, And I even sold leasing, which I didn't understand, so I was an abject failure because I had no idea. Like, math is not my strong suit. Gotcha. Not my strong suit. So, um, but I ended up working um, at a hotel. Okay. I ended up doing room sales in a hotel, which I thought I would like because it was people-oriented and blah, blah. And I ended up getting fired. The general manager of the hotel fired me because I, I had viral bronchitis, and I called in sick. <gasps> Imagine that. And he got mad because I called in sick. And it was a, it's a long story, but I ended, up, I ended up going back to my doctor, and my doctor gave me a note that said, he was, my doctor was apoplectic. He's like, you will not go back to work until I tell you you can go back to work. So he wrote a note, and so the GM didn't have a choice. He had to let me take the time off. Well, long story short, a new person was hired as director of sales. And she was the catering manager that I had worked with for like a year. Nice. And we got along really well, but he made her fire me. <sighs> the previous director of sales wouldn't fire me. But he had the new gal. She didn't. She was like had been on the job for two weeks, so she got the dubious honor of firing me. And she stood there crying. She said, "I don't want to do this. This is not right. I, but I don't have a choice." And I knew it. Yeah. So I left. Well, two weeks later, I get a call. She said, "I found you a job. A man who owned an entertainment agency here, local local entertainment um, agency, was looking for a salesperson. And at that time, I was still doing a lot of theater." I was all about the entertainment and I was doing speaking. I was a member of the Scottsdale JCs for a while, so I was doing speaking competitions for the JCs and she knew my background and as soon as she heard entertainment, she was like sold all over it. So I went to work for that company for about 12 years 
and I started there. I used to book local entertainment, DJs, mariachis, bands, things like that. <laughs> and then after a little while, I developed their destination management division of the company, or DMC. And that was all about tours and activities and groups, corporate people would come to town and they would want to go out on Jeep tours or horseback rides and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because one day I, I, I didn't know anything about DMC or anything. I kind of was barely learning about booking local entertainment. But I would get people that would say to me, oh, we're just going to do a spouse activity or you know, we don't need a band. We're going to do an off-site dinner. We just want to do a Western dinner somewhere. And one day the salesperson in me said, well, we can help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I got off the phone. I went, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> no idea. So it took me two weeks to put together a proposal for a Jeep tour, a horseback ride, and a river raft. But I did it. And then next thing I know, that company has a DMC division. And then eventually I had a client, the state bar, actually. Mm-hmm. The gal that I met there wanted to book headline entertainers for their event. So yeah. the very first headliner I ever produced was Waylon Jennings and Jesse Coulter. Whoa! The country artist who are no longer... Well, Jesse is still here. Waylon okay. has passed. Yeah. And I just kind of got hooked on... That was, like, really fun. And then my the owner of the company had come up with the idea that we could actually make money booking hotel rooms, doing site selection for group stuff. So that became something that fell under my purview of things that I could do. And then one day he came up to me and he said, I've decided I want to sell the company. I think you should buy it. And he wanted to sell me the company for about $650,000. Okay. And I said, well, what am I buying for $650,000? I'm buying the database yeah. and a computer. Yeah. I, can, I don't need to spend $650,000 due to that. So I didn't. Good. And about a year of ruminating and beating my poor friends up every other day about what should I do and I don't know what I should do. And everybody said, just own, open your own business. So eventually, excuse me, bless you, I did that. And I haven't, you know, haven't looked back since. I've had the, the honor of winning an international event design award. Ah! I have local event award, event design awards. Um, I've produced wonderful headline artists from Lionel Richie to Taylor Swift to Don Henley and Gladys Knight. Wow. James Taylor, Carol King, Peter Cetera, the lead singer for Chicago. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and early on, early on, and I'm, he's an amazing talent. Yeah. Um, Gino Vanelli. Oh, Gino, amazing talent and just a lovely man to work with. Most of the people that I've worked with have been lovely. There were a couple of divas, but oh, for sure. the most part, not so much. No. So do you but, only, did you do events solely in Arizona or all over? No, all over the country. Oh, cool. And one of my clients um, was a Canadian company. And I actually, they used to come to the States once a year. Uh-huh. So I had a Canadian client. And I've been to Canada for them twice. I've done two um, events that I worked with them. But I did actually, stepping back a little bit, I was brought in for them as a freelance and I coordinated their food and beverage for like 300 people for a week. Wow. So that was what I, what I did for that client. But I have a lot of, um, I've done a lot of events in South Florida for my clients. I'm going to back to South Florida in April okay. of 2022 okay. for a client. I've been to Texas and I've been to... Um, California. So yeah, worked all over the country. Anywhere the client goes, I can go. You can go. Mm -hmm. What do you love about it? When I 
do those events, what I what I what I found it's interesting. What I love is is the creativity of it. Yeah. As a business owner, you have to do everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm a small business. I mean, now I'm kind of I'm it the business. My I don't have a permanent um, staff anymore. I have contract people. Mm-hmm. But I, what I like is the creative end of it. I really and truly have always loved booking entertainment. And it's because I think I'm a shadow artist. Gotcha. I always, that's all I ever did was, you know, theater. And I remember one time I was talking to a client. It's funny, too, because I forget about some of the, the artists that I, that I produced early on before Canto, mm-hmm. when I worked for the other company, um, I actually produced Jan and Dean ah! when, when Jan was still alive. He had, oh, it was wow. after the, it was after the car accident and he was, he was impaired, yep. but he would like so many artists, the minute he got on stage, He's back. you never knew that he was impaired. Wow. And so I produced Jan and Dean. I produced the Safaris, um, who did, um, uh, Wipeout. The safari, the safari's big hit was the wipeout, yeah. wipeout. Um, but it, it, and it, it's funny because look, that particular client, I remember talking to her one day and she said, you just light up when wow. we talk about doing the entertainment. Yeah. That was like always my favorite to stand in the back of the room. Well, actually it was kind of cool because when I walked up to Lionel Richie and shook his hand and I said, I'm your producer. It was just like the coolest feeling. And to stand in the back of the room and look at everything. Lionel was playing on stage with his um, percussionist. It was just Lionel and his iPad then, his iPod. That was the band. He held it up and said, meet the band. (laughs) Um, But I had designed the whole room, the linens, the centerpieces. I had coordinated all the food and the beverage and... Everything that went into the room, from the lighting and the stars, that it was the room that night was called All Night Long with Lionel Richie. Oh. And I had these stars all over the room, and I had the client's um, logo was projected on the floor, and people were sitting there, and I'm listening to songs from my age. Yeah. I mean, I'm listening to Lionel Richie, and I did it. I produced that whole event. I was the one that they looked to for the answers as the boss. Yeah. And it was just really cool. And I like, I like that. I like that part of it. I don't love the proposals and I don't love the paperwork and I don't love, you know, calling everybody to do the administrative work. Right. Um, but I like the creative part of it. it. Yeah. Was there ever a moment that things were not going right or something unexpected happened and you had to figure it out? Lots of times. <laughs> Lots of times. We don't have enough. That's another whole podcast. Okay. <laughs> we'll do an, an uh, episode That's two, the things podcast. that went wrong. That's another podcast. Well, um, so, so, so real quick, yeah. I have, I have, um, there, there is a book in the future. Oh, cool. It's eventually that I will, that I have, that I have formulated in my brain that is actually probably going to be geared toward the life of an event planner. Oh, cool. Because, because yeah, there were, you know, the, the times that all, all 16 of the glass tables broke <gasps> the morning of the event. Um, <laughs> the time that the time that, that the logo got hung backwards and 45 minutes before doors, the client said, turn it around or take it down. The time that the, the, uh, uh, centerpiece containers were all painted wrong. And we, I mean, 
there, there are times and there are stories and they're all fun. <laughs> but I have to tell you that n- never in 16 years yeah. did it not all work out. Cool. Ne- never did it not all work out. Sorry, I was getting licked by one of the fur babies. Bella, yes, Bella. I mean, if you hear this licking in the background, it's <laughs> Bella tasting that. She's just loving. I know. And, but what a good segue, because um, COVID happened. And what did that mean for you? It meant that everything came to a screeching halt. Yep. And earlier, before, before the world came to a screeching halt... Um, by by uh, decree, whatever yeah. you want to say, my industry came came screeching yeah. before. I had a program that was scheduled for the end of April of two thousand and twenty here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. It's a client that I do every year, and we do two years in Florida, one year in Arizona, and that was the Arizona year, and the event was. Virtually designed, it was designed. Um, virtual is another word for use later. <laughs> yeah. Virtual has another meaning now. Yeah. But when things started to get concerning, this is a major international company. And I got a call one day from my contact saying, we are going to have a meeting because we are not sure where this is going and we are not sure what's going to happen. And in March... 2020. 2020. That client said, we are, we've decided to err on the side of caution and we are going to cancel it. So that was, and then it, then it was just a ripple effect. Literally then everything canceled. And so many of my colleagues were rescheduling. We're rescheduling this and that for September, for October. And I'm looking down this road going, I don't think that it's going to be that fast of a turnaround. It just seems to me that Right. I just had a feeling about it. Yep. And and I was going, I was in a place at that time where I have been doing this for a really long time, like over 25 years. Mm-hmm. And I still enjoy what I do. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have the same fire and and energy for it. I was I was slowing down. And for me... It was one of those times in my life when I was able to stop and reevaluate. And so many people, I think, did last year. Oh, yes. In, it's even this uh, year, 2021, the great resignation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it's, and the, the whole thing about, well, everybody's just sitting home, you know, taking free money. Maybe. But that free money allowed people to reevaluate their lives. Yeah. And not live miserably going to work in jobs that they hated every day making Job, making wages that they didn't feel were, um, you know, fair. fair. And so for me, I, I'm almost hesitant to say this out loud, sure. but I wasn't depressed. I wasn't upset. My life wasn't that different. I work out of my home. I've worked out of my home for 16 years. Yeah. I produced million dollar events out of my home office. Nice. So, and I have my dogs that were here. And for me, I meditated more. I enjoyed my backyard more. Yeah. I cooked new keto recipes. I made keto desserts with coconut flour and I oh. had all kinds of really cool stuff that I was making. And other people were talking about how depressed they were and how horrible it was. And I'm like, 
is there something wrong with me? Because <laughs> I'm kind of actually enjoying this break. Yeah. I'm enjoying having the the permission to have time to evaluate and see what I want to do. And breathe. And breathe. And so then it was like, well, what do I want to do? Because I don't know if I want to go back to yeah. being an event planner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I really want to do that. And I know it really well. I can do it in my sleep. And I don't, I, I still enjoy it. So that year gave me time to think about other things. I created a brand. Yes. Called Linda's Fur Family. Yep. Around my dogs. And I have a Facebook page. I have an Instagram page. And I have a YouTube channel for Linda's Fur Family. Okay. I'm trying to build my, um, my subscriber base and hopefully monetize the mm-hmm. YouTube channel. Uh, I've got probably, there's either 11, I think there's 11 videos on the channel now. Mm-hmm. I'm working on videos for each of the dogs to introduce each of the, each of the pack. Mm-hmm. And I also have started a book. I've started writing different stories and whatnot. So I wanted, I wanted to get some writing done. I want to get some... I'm trying to get her to stop licking. That's She's okay. Like, no, no. She'll lick the skin right off your arm. That's okay. You have to understand, <laughs> listeners, uh, Linda and I are covered in dogs right we now. We are. We really are. But um, so what is the content? Like, what is your mission for your new company? The idea behind Linda's fur family is that for my, for my life as far back as I can remember, dogs have been an integral part of my sanity Mm-hmm. of my well-being, of my joy. And one day I was talking to a, a friend and I was talking about, you know, you hear people say, oh, I've, I've always had a passion for this or that, or, you know, what's your passion? And I was, like, struggling. And I had a dog on my lap at the time. And she looked down at the dog and she went, uh. And it's one of those things that I took for granted. I've just always, they've always been here. Right. And... I know that there are other people, lots, mm-hmm. lots of other people, who have animals in their lives, whether they're dogs or cats or birds, whatever that is, that has helped them through difficult times. Yes. Has, has been there. Everybody has a story about their animal. Yep. And I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I'm struggling right now to keep the... Um, the thought in 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 one line mm-hmm. because if you go back, we're looking at this picture on my wall yeah. of my three sons, Chance, Smee, and Tigger. Oh. Mr. Smee lived to be 18. Chance was my first Bichon. And he was Bichon and uh, Pomeranian was what I was told. Yep. He was my first Bichon. Mr. Smee was my second. Then Tigger, uh, my mother actually got Tigger, and I bought him from her. So he was my third. So those were my three sons, my Bijans. Yep. And then dogs have just kind of come through um, since then. Right. But the dog prior to Chance was Angel. She was my pound puppy. I got her in the pound because I lost another dog who had gotten away, and I was devastated because I like was all about Lucky, right. and then he got away. So there's always been... A dog that has come into my life. Yep. And that has been there through whatever. Angel was through all the boyfriends and all the trauma and all the problems with my mother. Mm-hmm. She lived to be 18. 
Wow. I got Chance because I thought he would help the older dogs stay younger because yeah. they say that that happens. Well, they don't tell you that you have to be careful how old the older dog was. Yeah. But but it through all of that, there's always been this love and unconditional love that comes, and then you hear that all the time. What I realized recently, in, like when I say recently, I'm in the last few years, mm-hmm. is that different things that have happened in my life that, that were not always good with humans, I always thought of the dogs in terms of the unconditional love that they give us. Mm-hmm. And I had this aha moment one day when I was meditating that it's not just the unconditional love that we get from the dogs. It's the unconditional love that we can give to the dogs that they never abuse the trust of. Yeah. It's the fact that I can love this little chihuahua that's on my lap right now, Sparky, Sparky. that's, that's sleeping on my lap right now, and he will never abuse that trust. I can, I can give love to the dog mm-hmm. that's unconditional the same as I can receive the love. And that was that moment of, wow, that I know that there's other people out there. And I belong to a few Facebook groups. There's tens of thousands of us out there that love our dogs. Yeah. And so what my intention has been with the YouTube channel specifically is... To create a place where I'm going to put up videos of my dogs. And I have currently, um, there is only one of the gotcha stories. There's another one in the can. Okay. Um, And there's ones that I'm going to be producing and recording that I will sit and tell the gotcha story of each of the kids that I currently have. Right. So it's a meet, meet X, right? Yep. Um... Then what I want to do, right now I have 21 subscribers. Okay. I'd like to get more. Yeah, heck yeah. And in there, then it will be, the video will be of maybe your story. So maybe Matt, you come on and we do a video where you tell me about how the animals have affected your lives. I will gladly do that for you. Do you have a story behind a pet that you would like to share and so that it becomes an interactive it's not just me sharing my dogs while it is yeah but it's also other people talking so that we can support each other and we can all have a place to go that's happy and light and fun and enjoyable and there's so much other stuff in the world that my safe place has always been with my animals Mm -hmm. and last year while I was standing in my kitchen by Mm -hmm. myself cooking my whatever I was making, I spend all day Saturday or all day Sunday cooking a new keto flour coconut bread. Yeah, Willow would curl up on the rug in the corner. Bella would curl up by the on the side of the cutting board. Aww. You know, each of the kids had a spot, and they just kind of hung out with me. Perfect. So that was a safe place. Yeah. You know, and up until. A week ago, yeah, yesterday, mm-hmm. I had five adorable adopted rescue dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, the first meet video that's on the YouTube channel is Meet Barkley. Yep. And Barkley has 
gone to the Rainbow Bridge. Yep. Um, his gotcha story is really cool, and it's it's there for people to listen to. There is another video right now that's in the can that I will be po- probably putting up in the next week, and that's Willow's Meet Willow. Oh, Willow. And Willow is the one who's in the bedroom right now being <laughs> sequestered so that she doesn't bark. And how, 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 how much does she weigh? Willow weighs eight pounds. She's eight pounds of pure fury, that little cute patootie. <laughs> she is. She's my mighty Willow. She's, yes. I call her she mighty Willow. Mighty Willow. My mighty might. And you, you're working on the calendar for the... Yes! Thank you, thank you for <laughs> it is. It is in production. I hope I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Pause crossed. Pause crossed that it will be shipped tomorrow. Um, I, I, I have a calendar that we did last year. Okay. And, and through a course of a lot of different things, we ended up not getting the calendars until December 31st, which kind of sucks if you're selling a calendar. Yeah. So the calendar um, is... Last year's calendar actually has... All of Linda's fur family. Yeah. Angel, Chance, Smee, Tigger, Zoe, Teddy Cooper. Oh my God. Doug Willow. It has all of the previous animals. Yeah. They, they were all, it was, a, it was a labor of love. Yeah. This year's calendar is the current five pack. Yeah. Now without, uh, with Bar- Barkley, his, yeah. who's in the calendar. But we got started a little earlier. I believe that it's been printed. It's coming, um, they were having a problem with paper shortage. But I talked Supply to them. Chain. Talked to them last week, um, and they said that it should be shipped either last Friday or Monday. So I should have the calendars in the next week or so. I'm selling those calendars to raise money to pay for the medical expenses that I have for Barclays. Medical expenses are in the five thousand dollar range right now. Okay. And Bella, the beautiful girl that's on your lap, I, I don't, baby. don't know that you are aware of this. I don't know if I told no. you. What's on, baby? Bella had uh, recently. Um, mammary tumor removed she had mammary oh. cancer and the vet said that it was curate the excision was curative meaning that she got all of it she's hopefully that it won't come back but she goes in every three months for an x-ray to make sure that there's no metastases yep and she also has a heart murmur so mm-hmm. she now has a visit coming up with the cardiologist uh, to make sure that she's okay and doesn't need to be on heart medicine. So with all of the the current pack, they're all adopted rescue dogs. Yep. That were either that were either given to me or Sparky was a stray. Yep. And so I don't know. The only dog who I knew his history and I knew his age was Barkley, and that was because his owner gave him to me. Gotcha. Uh, because they were physically the owner. Um, she's a lovely human being, and and I just I'm re- grateful for Barkley, and I'm really grateful now that I know her. Mm-hmm. She had some health issues, and she was not able to take care of him. She was in rehab for months uh, on her own, and was unable to take care of him. And she loved him that much that she decided to give him up to make sure she, did. she had a good home. Um, so where can one buy your calendars? I will be putting. Um, you know, it's a. That is the thing that I still need to do. <laughs> Any suggestions I'm open to. I need to set... I'm going to put it on... It's, it'll be posted on Facebook. I'm stammering here. Yep. It'll be on Facebook. It'll be on Instagram. It'll be on the YouTube channel. What I don't have yet is the the um, uh, e-commerce setup. Gotcha. So I haven't... Last year when I did them, I have a PayPal.me account that people okay. could buy them. But it turned out to be a little bit of a challenge because while you're not supposed to have to have a PayPal account... To do that, yeah, people thought that you did, so um, that's a bit of an issue. Okay, so I just have to get 
and figure out how to set that up. Whether I do it through Facebook and just do a page on Facebook where you can link it. Okay. I will be doing that. So if you follow Linda's for a Family on yep. Facebook, Linda's for a Family on Instagram, and Linda's for a Family on YouTube, there will be a link coming up in the next week or two. Oh, that's soon. That's good. Well, I'm hoping because I'd like for people to start maybe buying them as Christmas presents and things like that. Heck yeah. I ordered 100 calendars. I'd like to sell 100 calendars. Yes. I can get more if I need to. Also, bless their hearts... The manager from Oso at Paradise Valley yeah. has given me permission to set up a table <gasps> at on one of the brunch Sundays or Saturdays Perfect. and sell them. Now, I'm going to go there for lunch today with somebody, <laughs> me, Matt, and I'm going to ask Matt if he has scheduled, um, they do a give back day. Um, oh, so if you, people, people in the Valley, go to Oso, it's O period H period S period O. Yep. And there's a there's a brewery. They have really wonderful food. Yep. They are dog friendly patio. Yes, they are. Um, um, Paradise Valley location. Tatum and Shea is my store. Yep. Um, I know the manager. He's an amazing human being. His name is Anthony. He is at the Arcadia store. Okay. Anthony was, and I won't digress too far, or or you know That's squirrel okay. squirrel off too far. But I have pictures of Anthony when he was just when he just when he was a server Aww. at Oso. Mr. Smee. And Cooper oh. got to go to. I'm trying to think of anybody else. I know Mr. I know Cooper, and I know Mr. Smee. I had the the ability to schedule their their last days. Perfect. And they went to lunch at Oso. And Anthony, I have pictures of Anthony leaning over the stroller, crying oh. the day that Cooper had his last lunch there. He's a, he's like an amazing human being, and he worked his way up, and he's the manager. Of the Arcadia store now. Perfect. And the Gilbert store is also, they're really wonderful. and All dog-friendly patios. People are great. But um, Matt at the Paradise Valley store, they do a give-back day where they have a, a rescue will come in. And so oh. if you, you know, buy, you know, whatever it is, the specific item on the menu, they donate back to the rescue. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So in November... The Boxer Rescue was there on the 7th, but I didn't have the calendars in time. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do... He said that they might have a rescue, a give-back day in December, but they hadn't scheduled it yet. So we'll that ask him... Perfect. Yeah, we'll ask him today because a dollar from each calendar is going to go back to a local rescue. Ah! So in the perfect. past, it's been, um, you know, Lucky Dog. And so because Lucky Dog Rescue is where I've gotten most of my dogs from. Aww. I should not even know most of them. I can't even say that anymore. A lot. A lot of them. And they're amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> they're so, amazing. Yeah. Well, it's come to that point where we ask the big questions at the end of the show. Ruh -ruh. Um. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Doug. We needed a sneeze. He's Sparky, so... do you want to bark at, at Nat? No. No. <laughs> oh. Shella. We're all pretty. Everybody's pretty. That's right. You guys are doing so well. It's all good. <laughs> all right, question. Here's Willow in the, 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 the peanut gallery in the other room. I have to make a comment. All right, okay. meal of a lifetime. Your meal, meal of a lifetime. Oh, can't even answer that question. Oh, like a, you're one of your favorite go-to dishes. Can't, can't. So hard. People have always asked me, like, what's my favorite food? Yeah. Food? Food. That's food. right. Food. Food. I used to say, I mean, I could live on, you know, Italian food and sushi. Oh, I But love I just, sushi. I love food. I don't, I don't, I don't have a favorite food. Food. The whole category. Food. Okay. I love, I mean, I like. Food. Food. Me too. Um, <laughs> favorite board game. 
never really played a lot of board games. It could be card games. It could be... I haven't played a lot of board games. You know, maybe I'll go back to my childhood. Please do. Um, and we used to play um, um, Battleship. Ah! I love Battleship. It's a play, great game. We used to play Battleship. I sunk your battleship. I sunk my battleship. All right. A movie you recommend. It could be something old, something new. Again, do I have to pick one? See, no. See, this is, this is always the problem. People say, what is your favorite? The only thing I can answer, and if oh it's on your list, I'll wait. The only favorite I can give you is color. Because otherwise, like, I have multiple favorites. Your favorite color is purple, by the Thank way. Thank you. Because yeah. I'm on a purple <laughs> couch looking at your purple nails and your purple carpet. Purple. Uh, and Bella's purple top really top. Okay. Okay, so movies. Yeah, a movie. Movie. A movie or movies. Whatever you want. Would be Shawshank Redemption. Love it. Would be Under the Tuscan Sun. Oh, that's a good one. One of my favorite lines, one of my favorite lines from Under the Tuscan Sun is she's she's talking to, uh, she has just bought this villa in Italy. Yep. Which, by the way, side note, the movie Under the Tuscan Sun has zero to do with the book Under the Tuscan Sun. I didn't even realize there was a book. There is a book under the Tuscan Sun, and the movie and the book, they're, they're, there's inspiration, but they're completely like different. Different. Um, but there's a line. She's she's upset, and she doesn't know what she's done. And she says, "I don't, you know, I'm, what have I done? I've bought this villa, and and I don't know anybody here, and I don't know." And there's a, a friend that she's made. He's actually the realtor mm-hmm. who who sold her the villa, and she's crying and she's all upset. And he looks at her and he says. You know, they built the train tracks between Italy and Switzerland before there was a train that could go. Before there was even a train. And it just struck me as, you know, we do so many things. When I lose weight, I'll be happy. When I do this, when, when, when. And it was just that the idea that just do it anyway. You know, build the train track anyway, even though there isn't a train to do it. So, Under the Tuscan Sun is another really cool movie. Oh, I'm going to have to rewatch that. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 I cannot leave this one out because it was the inspiration for my, for my heart dog's name. And that's Mr. Smee. Yeah. So my other like all time favorite is Hook. (laughs) Can you remember the first song that you ever liked? Again, with the favorites. Okay. You're killing me with the favorites. I'm sorry. Um, I can't, but I can tell you what, what yeah. one of my favorite songs. Actually, there's two favorite. There's lots of favorites. Sure. There's, there's a story behind two favorites. There, okay. was a, there was a singer in town named Margot Reed, lovely jazz artist. She's passed. I used to follow her to wherever she went, and there were two songs that I always asked Margot to sing for me. One was Over the Rainbow, Aww. and the other is from the play Pippin, and it's called Corner of the Sky. Oh, yeah. And so those are not normal songs. Well, Rainbow, Over the Rainbow maybe, but yeah. you, you would expect me to come up with you know, some pop song or sure. whatever. Um, but the, the song, oh, Corner of the Sky from Pippin, um, everything has its season, everything has its time. Show me a reason and I'll soon show you a rhyme. Yeah. Cats fit on the windowsill, children fit in the snow. Why do I feel I don't fit in anywhere I go? And that used to be kind of my mantra. It's not now, 
there's a lot of a lot of history and a lot of work and a lot of dog love <laughs> in between. In between. Yeah, but it, that's like one of my favorites. I probably know the answer, but uh, a dream destination that you have yet to travel to. Ah, yeah. Yeah, um, probably Tuscany, probably Italy. Yeah. Italy and Greece. Um, those are the two biggies. Yeah, yeah, those are on my list. But I really just always wanted to travel a lot. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what that's going to look like moving forward. Yeah, <laughs> in this covert time. Yep. All right, big final question. Fill in the blank. Uh, there is a special heaven. Uh, there's a special place in heaven for... Fill in the blank. Well, you had to do that right at the end, didn't you? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. There's a special place in heaven for all of the people that have rescued dogs, that have loved dogs. And there's a special place in heaven where all of these guys are hanging out. Yeah. And I'm not a... I'm not a heaven and hell person. I, no. I don't, I will, I will preface this yeah. by being honest and saying I don't believe in heaven and hell. I'm more of an agnostic person than yeah. a religious person. But I believe that there is a special, a special place in, in the universe where animal lovers live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and where all of these, these beautiful souls have gone. So that's my... That's your answer. That's, that's a beautiful answer. Place. So where can we follow you, my friend? Linda's Fur Family yeah. on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. And if you are interested in producing a corp- in having me produce a corporate event, yes. CantoEventManagement.com is my professional business website. And Perfect. I also have a Facebook page, Canto Event Management. Oh, cool. So, I didn't know that. I do. I don't post as much there anymore because I haven't had a lot to post there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but um, yeah, there's a, I have a personal Facebook page, Linda mm-hmm. C, Linda Cayola. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you, dogs. You guys did hey, a Bella. great Bella job. Says, Bella says hi. She, everybody says a sparky. Doug. Bella and Doug and little and Willow. Willow way over there. Barkley from the Rainbow Bridge. He says hello, too. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for giving my little podcast a listen and a chance. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to hang out with you this afternoon. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to go eat now because I'm yeah. hungry. We're taking Doug, right? We're going to take. Doug, Doug. Doug gets to go to lunch. He's a lunch date. Oh, oh Sparky Uh-oh. has some words. <laughs> Sparky is like, what? You're leaving me behind. Taking me. Um, but thank you so much for listening to the Nat is Fascinated podcast. I'm going to come back in December. Uh, so please keep being fascinated. Please give me a rating if you can, if you choose. Please follow me on uh, the Nat is Fascinated podcast on Instagram. Keep being fascinated with the world around you. Thank you so much. Bye.